a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Hello, everyone. Happy. Oh, I was about to say last day of February, but it's actually not because it's a leap year. But happy whatever. Maybe you're listening to this in the future. Happy whatever. Happy right now you're listening to the restricted section. That's happy in and of itself. Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that this is an unlocked Patreon detention crew bonus episode. This was originally released exclusively for our patrons only, and I am releasing it as a little gift to you in between season six and seven here on the show. So huge shout out to all of our patrons. I love you so damn much. You are the only thing keeping this podcast going, and I mean that so literally, (laughs) Um, not even financially, just for being my moral support. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you to our patrons. No, truly, everything here is because of you. And if you are interested in getting more bonus episodes like this, where we get to cover other stuff outside of just like the chapter, the movie, the chapter, the movie, please consider signing up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can become part of our discord server and starting at the $5 a month tier, you can get access to those bonus episodes. LOL, kind of funny because today's bonus episode is how Harry Potter sounds like a cult. And do we ask ourselves if the restricted section is a cult in this episode? We sure do. Anyway, sign up for the Patreon. Become part of my cult. patron hey patron hey girls say girls say hey patron hey patron <laughs> hey hey patron patron all the boys are down in the back <laughs> and our non-binary friends are on a cloud or something cool i don't know <laughs> our non-binary friends don't get shouted out as much so i like to put them somewhere cool when i have the opportunity yeah. it's hard we got to think of a better like flow rhyme yeah and our NB friends getting, I don't know, getting high in the clouds. And our you NB friends idiot. getting high in the clouds. <laughs> you sick idiot. Oh, welcome to the, the detention crew. I'm your host, Christina. Beloved patrons, we are so glad to be here. Obviously, they've already spoken, but I'll tell you anyway. I'm here with my good friend, Leela. Say hello to the listeners, Leela. Hello, detention crew. Happy to be back. Yeah, uh, and also with us is my good friend, Andrew. Say hello to the patrons, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Here we are. Uh, today, we're here to talk about how Harry Potter sounds like a cult. We bit. Cult, so, cult, cult. Leela and I both listened to this podcast that you recommended it to me, right, Leela? Yeah. A while ago. Um, sounds like a cult. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that podcast if they haven't heard it before sure so the sounds like a cult is a podcast um they usually their episodes are usually about eh, 30 to 45 minutes give or take um it's two like bffs um in their late 20s 30s um that are one's a comedian and one is a writer um they're both extremely interested um and uh 
very intrigued by the idea of cults and um, kind of like the podcast's idea is about not necessarily like Jonestown Heaven's Gate type cults. It's yeah, more they don't even really cover those because it's like duh. right. It's it's they they might they reference them, but it's more about how just everyday kind of like fandoms and just aspects of our everyday zeitgeist. That's a, yeah. a word used a lot on the show. Um, true. Are just kind of how they can be considered cults for like the following reasons. And then. Yeah. Or like how everything's like a little culty. Yeah. And it's I, it's almost like I almost want to say it almost shoots to de- destigmatize the term cult. But uh, yeah, because I think that when I have told people uh that I listen to a podcast called Sounds Like a Cult. They're like, oh, you like those, like, serial killer cult podcasts? And I'm like, no, that's not at all what this is. It's just, like, too, like, like, what do you say? It's, it's, it's way more, like, sociological. Yeah. So the, the two hosts are Issa Medina, hot bisexual comedian, and her friend, Amanda Montel, brilliant linguist, who I've had a brain crush on for, like, 10 years. And so Amanda Montel has written a book called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism that I've read. I really recommend it. Um, She also wrote a book called Word Slut Mm -hmm. that I've been really wanting to read. She's one of those people who talks about, like, pop linguistics. Oh, my God. I just finished recording with Sam about linguistics. It is on the brain. (laughs) But so Amanda is like, here's all of my, like, education about this. And you can, like, over the course of the podcast, you can – feel Issa, the co-host, getting, like, smarter about it because she's, like, learning everything. (laughs) Yeah, it's very nice. It's very wholesome. Um, You can tell that they genuinely like each other. Um, Yeah. But um, it also just, like, makes you think um, a little bit. Like, they've done some stuff that's, like, a little less serious, like the cult of Starbucks. And then they've done... Cult of foot fetishes. Cult of foot fetishes. The cult of foot fetishes was their healthiest ranked cult ever. (laughs) They were like, this cult is great. Yeah, they teach you. consent in this cult. Yeah, um, but they also do like stuff that I I think I, could be considered a little more controversial, like the cult of twelve step programs. Right? People don't like yeah. to think about that as a cult. Um, sure, or like CrossFit, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I think we all know is very culty. But like, also the people who are in it, it is bringing great value to their life. Yeah, so it really it really is about how like let's look at how like every little thing has like some cult like elements and. Uh, like it, it really does sort of start to destigmatize it because it's like their their point is kind of like people who have been in cults, um, like who have allowed themselves to be like sucked into cults are like you're you are not better than them. Like this is how it happens basically, and like here's how language is used and like let's break it down. Yeah. Robert Evans has a great line in one of the mini episodes behind the bastards where he points out that like every one of us has something like this that we would fall for. Like at the right time in your life, when you're in the right point of being in a low enough, having the world shit on you and not having great opportunities, every single person has something they would be susceptible for. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's also about how like, like, uh, like cult is like a spectrum, you know, like, like cults are like your friend group is a cult, but like also Heaven's Gate is a cult. And it's like, what, at what point are we not cool anymore? And that's kind of like what the conversation is. Right, like when does fanaticism become destructive and cultish? Yeah, right? exactly. So, like, let's start maybe by like all naming a cult that we're a part of. Ooh. Andrew, do you want to go first? I mean, I, the listeners already know my most obvious one, which is K-pop. Right, like it is yeah. an absolute fanatical following. It is 
people saying ridiculous things about the leaders, the members of the groups and stuff. It, it is 1000% a fanatical fandom cult blend. Yeah. Yeah. Lila, what's a cult that you are dabble in or have in your past? Yeah. That's really tough because I've, I've always not to put myself on a high horse or anything, but like, I've always been even with like musical artists. Like I've always looked at everything with like a pretty realistic and critical eye. Like, I, because I always thought if I wanted to be famous, like, and people, I had fans, like, I would not want them to just like me blindly, no matter what I did, no matter what I spewed out, right? So, I don't really, (laughs) I'm really not into a lot of big fandoms in that way. Um, In the past, I think I was, like, huge into Taylor Swift, but, but again, this was really kind of before, like, social media, so maybe a a bit of a different meaning, Um not rich enough for the cult of Starbucks. What? I don't belong to any gym. Um, a corporate culture. I'm in the cult of corporate culture, I would say. That's how I get that my was money. Gonna be, that was going to be my answer is that I am in the cult of the company I work for, McGraw-Hill, because I they're great. <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, man, everything you do is right. Like, I'm here for it. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm also recently I've entered the cult of weightlifting. Get swole, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to. I I am in the cult of like I what like the middle grade fantasy novels of like Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, like Lord of the Rings, fucking Guardians of Gahul. Like <laughs> I'm in some cults. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say one, but it's stupid now. Oh what? The cult of How did it get stupid? Uh because it's not as good as yours, but it's the cult of bubbly water. You know, it sounds stupid, but like... that is real. But don't you remember just like, what was it even like five years ago? Nobody was fucking drinking LaCroix. Yeah, now I... This is my second one today. I go... We go through it it, it, three packs a week. Yeah. I will have you know that since 2002 when my family went to Italy, my house has had bubbly water. Or rather, my parents' house has had bubbly water ever since they got back because it was their way of being superior. (laughs) Do you guys think that stoners are a cult? I was kind of thinking about that, but I didn't want to be... I don't think stoners are. I think 420 is. I think the, like... like, 420 culture? Yeah, absolutely. I I dated that guy. I dated that cult. We all know that person, right? (laughs) That, like... So, I I think that's something we need at this time, is to figure out, like, what is a cult. So, I pulled this list from a, a pamphlet, like a handout, called What Makes a Cult by the International Cultic Studies Association... Um, when I Googled how to tell what what is a cult, you better believe that a lot of my initial hits on Google were not sources I wanted to use. Yeah. There were so many churches mm-hmm. yes. who have posted articles about what makes a cult. And I, I find that to make sense because like cult used to be a very religious term. Like uh, I especially hear about it in like uh, ancient Greek and Roman like mythology, or not mythology, history, like uh like the cult of Dionysus yeah. was a really big cult that was just, uh, we would call it today like a sect, you know, or like a denomination, but yeah. it's like back in the day they called it. So it kind of makes sense to me that churches be talking about cults because there's language out there that they need to get ahead of. Yeah. And they're also always trying to change the definition because the truth is almost not, a very large number of churches do qualify on some level as a I cult. think they all they almost do. all do yes and there's a very old joke that I love which is what's the difference between a cult and a religion longevity about a hundred years 
Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I think and, – and I mean I think number of members too, right? Because I uh, I think that's like been – or was my like bio on Discord for a really long time was like talk to me about how all religions are cults. But it's <laughs> – I mean I think just like growing up in uh, the cult of like evangelical um, right on the fringe of fundamental Christianity um, – I see a lot of similar patterns, and and yeah, let's get into it. Go, go to yeah. a, go to a Catholic mass and tell me that that is not that an is ancient some... cult that we are Dude, all just kind of okay with. So chanty. When you, when you read Dan Brown <laughs> and they like stumble across some cult activity, and it's like they're chanting, they're wearing robes, they're burning incense, like, and yeah. it's like hmm. this is Catholic mass. This <laughs> is Sunday mass. Seems familiar. <laughs> It's like, where's the line? Okay, so here, according to the International Cultic Studies Association, here's a couple tenets of what makes a cult. One charismatic leader is the group's sole authority on truth. Only this leader decides or has the right to approve all policies and practices. For example, the Pope, right? right. Yeah. Classic. Bill Goddard in the quiverful. Oh, God. I, I just Don't watched that. Do not say the word quiverful it's very upsetting. in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, Tina, you gotta watch You gotta watch the Duggars, the, the 19 Kids ha- and Counting documentary. The Shining we'll Forward. It's very good. It is very it's well done. It's the most intriguing thing and upsetting oh, thing shit. that I've and watched in a while. <laughs> I think most people will watch episode four and will just be kind of lost because most people have no idea that that type of shit is going on. Like it's okay. You're getting too much into the nitty gritty yeah. by naming specific episodes. Well, it's the last episode and it's completely oh. different than like the I normal. See. It okay. wraps everything together. Highly recommend. Members are zealous, protective and unquestioningly committed to the leader. Mm. Members regard the leader's beliefs and practices as truth and law. The leader reforms. Okay. I think we're going to yeah, get the leader. Okay. Questioning doubt and dissent are discouraged or punished. The group's leadership dictates how members should think, act, feel. Oh, my God. So I think a main tenant of what makes a cult is that you need a central authority is what I'm getting here. Yes. Members require the leader's permission to change jobs, date, marry, or have children. Oh, so it's not about Donald Trump. Okay. Got it. Got it. What? As make everything up to this point applies to Trump. Oh, <laughs> just making a joke. The group. Wait, so does he? Does Trump? One charismatic <laughs> leader. That's the joke? group's sole authority on truth. Members are zealous, protective, unquestionably committed to the leader. Mm-hmm. Members regard the leader's I belief and practices as truth. Charismatic and people no, be described. The people who fall who believe in him though do. I okay. Which is cray cray. Like, like but, literally, that's what I was making the joke about. It's like every single one of these things up until you get to the point of like changing jobs and stuff. Okay. But about who they can marry, that, I mean, that applies. He wouldn't let you marry someone of the same sex or anything like sure. that. You know? It's also like, reminds me of Scientology a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that a thousand percent, L. Ron Hubbard, yeah. The group uses public humiliation or punishment, debilitating work, sleep deprivation, or other practices to create group theory, group think and to suppress individualism and doubt Mm. criticism or jokes about the leader or group are taken very seriously and likely punished. The group is elitist claiming special status for itself, its leaders and its members. The leader and members maintain theirs is the only path to truth and salvation. Catholicism. (laughs) You okay? Sorry. I just got a little bullshit. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Literally every form of Christianity has that. Yeah. That's of, 
I mean, not all of them necessarily fall into all of these, but the idea of like the only path to truth and salvation, a thousand percent. Definitely. I personally was raised Catholic, so I think I'm always going to go Catholic. I also think that Catholicism is one of the more stringent sects of Christianity, and mm -hmm. they especially are like so ritualistic that to me, like Catholicism gives big, big cult energy. And as someone else who grew up in Catholicism, they are an international tra tra uh, sex trafficking uh, tra uh group so you know there you have it oh, gosh <laughs> even with all of that i just want to say catholics are actually in the like kind of the middle of the spectrum of how uh like right to left to christianity like which is nuts right they're that like deeply depends on which catholic church you're talking about. yeah for sure. i think it all just depends because, like opus day for example is about as far right as you could possibly imagine opus day i know what that is from reading dan yeah. brown <laughs> Right, but you also have, like, the cool Catholics that are made up of, like, right. cool, yeah. very rich liberals that have specific, like, Kennedy Catholics, right? That have. I mean, you got cool everything. There's cool Mormons out there. Oh, you're muted right? or something. What? I'm not muted. Yeah, I just, oh, it's okay. We couldn't hear you. I, oh, no, you could. I, I could. Oh, oh fuck. What did <laughs> that bitch say? So, fuck! So, based on those specifications like what are some other cults that we haven't talked about yet like for example uh like apple google uh I, yeah yeah i i would say um two recent ones that would have been probably on people's minds are like kanye he has his group the cult that, of kanye kanye has his mm. group of fans that have like a cultish element with his sunday services and shit like that where he like goes out and preaches and all yeah. that jazz Andrew, you're also a fish fan. That's cool as hell. I've seen four grown men in their 50s get on stage and play their instruments for hours at a time 52 times. Oh, that's called the 52. In fact, actually, oh, uh, no, never mind. We're close. It's almost my fish aversary. Oh. Yeah. See, okay, and here's where we get into this a little bit more of the nitty gritty because I was about to say music festivals because Sean and mm -hmm. I do go to a lot of music festivals, but it. Music festivals don't really have much of this like leadership talk right. going on. <laughs> um, although I am thinking about the specific music festivals that Sean and I have historically gone to the most that are thrown by one specific company. And you better believe I know exactly what the leader of that company looks like. And I fangirl over her. So I actually take it back. <laughs> well, or do I just have a crush? <laughs> and oftentimes, too, because of the large uh, amount of drugs that are involved in the festivals... You, it's very easy for these individuals to develop small cults, right? People that, mm -hmm. like, think of them as gurus or shamans or, you know, enlightened folk. And it's like, nah, dude, you were just baked out of your mind, yeah. tripping your balls off for three like days Like your straight. ayahuasca guide or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that they talk about a lot on cultish that isn't on this list is the uh, how hard is it to leave? Are you able to leave in like an easy and dignified way? And like, if not, if the exit costs are high, that's like more indicative of a cult. But if you can like just literally walk away, that's like less indicative of a cult. Yeah. So um, are there any other, like besides this list, are there any other aspects of looking, evaluating if something is culty that you guys want to add? Um, I would say like, it's like exit costs, but also like, what do they call it? Like entry costs as well. So like MLMs. Oh, like MLMs. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like I was yeah. in the cult of Mary Kay back in like what, 2014, 15, before I knew not, before I not know, knew nothing. And um, yeah, I left with 
um, a lot of makeup and a lot of debt, a lot of debt. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's culty because there is like a clear, very clear pyramid. Yes. And like there is leadership. But they just yeah. say it's not it's a multi lever. What that's it, multi level marketing. It's not a pyramid. But you're like, do, draw it, draw it on a board. Draw it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say if you're worried about if something that you're involved in is a cult, two of the kind of lighter but still significant symptoms or, you know, signs of a cult that aren't talked about as much are group speak and love bombing. Ooh. So, is group speak like so, um, the, way, the way that they used it in this list? Um, where does it say it? Oh, group think. It says the group uses um, public humiliation, punishment, or other practices to create group think and to suppress individualism and doubt. Is that like I'm is that like it, brainwashing, even though I know that like kind, we don't say the word brainwashing? Kind of, but what I'm actually talking about is closer to like shared vocabularies, right? So like mm-hmm. the idea of like certain oh. like words and phrases that they use to each other repetitively to remind each other and to like reintroduce each other yeah. and stuff. And then it's also becomes a common language between people that are involved in it that outsiders don't know. So it's a way to make you feel more belonging. It makes you feel like you belong. And it Mm -hmm. also obfuscates like Mm -hmm. what you're actually doing. Sure. What are you doing? Like, did you get like really abused last night? No, I just had to do a correction. Well, like even with like. Like corporate culture, corporate culture is obsessed with group speak, right? Like in yep. mine. Oh my god, I can't stand like it. Like in my company, we we talk about KPIs, key performance indicators, like left and right. That's how the the rate of how much you reach your KPIs affects bonuses, affects pay raises, affects um, promotions. Like, and I don't know about you, but like I'm constantly in the workplace being met with jargon that I've never heard before in my life. And like, mm-hmm. now I'm an idiot. Cause I, I haven't heard this thing, but when you explain to me, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like, you called it something that I've never heard yeah. before. That happens to me. I feel like constantly. And if you, I yeah. always feel that if I ask about it, like if I ask what it is, it's like immediately everyone others me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just yeah. don't, I just look it up. So you're like desperate <laughs> to like, know. yeah, well, and it makes you, it makes you really want to know. Yeah. And, and in the corporate environment, a lot of times too, that's used as a gateway technique as well, because then you can mm. ostracize people that don't have the knowledge that there's no reason to have, because it's just a different way of saying something everyone knows. Right. Or who don't yeah. care enough to learn it. Right. Exactly. I don't give a fuck about your acronyms. Yeah, I really can't stand when people don't say what they mean. Like, I fucking cannot handle it when it's like someone is like dancing around something or trying to pretty something up. And I'm trying, the first example that jumped into my brain was I feel like I was many years ago, like I was like talking about how my grandpa's racist and my aunt and my mom were like, you know, he's old fashioned. And I'm like, yeah, today we call that racist. <laughs> like, that's what we call that today. Like you calling to, it yeah. something different just doesn't change the fact that he just said something shitty about people of color. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why call it something different? And what it is, it's because you're trying to make it pretty. It's because right. you're trying to make it more pal- palatable to other people. Exactly. Yeah. So let's dive into Harry Potter a little bit because that that is that's the thing here. Yeah. Unfortunately, wait, what? <laughs> Fuck! You said we at, got to talk about cults. I'm leaving. I want to <laughs> look at what 
cults there are in the world of Harry Potter. Um, okay. I, I'll leave up this list of like what makes a cult so that we can all refer back to it. We can even go through if we want and check them off. Sure. <laughs> Whoa. We don't, we don't have to. Oh, well, wow. you can check really them tedious. off. We can. Are you going to allow us, Dia, to have screen sharing privileges? No. Can I use your them. mouse? It'll be annoying. Let me use your mouse for you. So to me, the most obvious cult in the Harry Potter the world of Harry Potter is Lord Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Yes. He's got Lord right in the name. Like, this motherfucker is an abusive leader. <laughs> he's a, he's not the kindest individual. A charismatic leader is the group's sole authority on truth. I, he doesn't feel charismatic in present time, <laughs> but definitely Tom Riddle was charismatic. Yeah. Tom Tommy Rids was charismatic. And then um, I think charisma and then like also the ability to create fear um like intimidation intimidation well because i think a lot of leaders really like that right like they're like the way to get people to obey and respect you is through fear and intimidation and you're like no maybe That's you could just true. like be nice to people and they're if like people not possible like too hard do a lot for you <laughs> yeah I was like, Mia, can I have my birthday party at your house? And she was like, I'm frankly honored that you would ask me. And you were like, good. The training has paid off. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think that the cult of the Death Eaters is almost like kind of like stereotypically what a writer like Rowling would think of so a bad culty. cult. Right. Like it's like they wear black masks and hoods. Right. And they... They all have matching tattoos. Tattoos are for bad people. Yeah, matching tattoos. And, um, like, this one, like, extremely traumatic leader who wears a better robes than yours. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't need a mask because his face is so scary. They also, like, torture and murder people. So I think that kind of really leans it towards the uh, bad yeah, cult. Pub- public humiliation <laughs> or punishment. Uh-huh. Yeah, um... The group is elitist, claiming special status for itself, its leaders, and its members. That pure blood shit. Mm-hmm. So, obviously. My only other note is the fucking cursed child canon that Bellatrix <sighs> fucked Voldemort, even though she was married. Fucking cursed. Um, and I think that that is also some big cult shit. Because Voldemort was her boss and her husband's boss. And you know he was like, I'm going to fuck you. And her husband, Rodolphus, had to be like, all right, I don't even get a single line in the whole eight books. So, <laughs> so I guess there's only there's only seven. Books. All that I, I get. Do that. All that I get is a silly name. Rodolphus. Rodolphus. <laughs> it's a like a dog sneezing. <laughs> we haven't even really talked about like sex cult shit. But a lot of cults do be having sex. Yeah. Well, like, uh, oh, gosh, I wish this wasn't the example I was coming back to. But like. Once more, um, like the Smiling Happy People cult, which is Mm -hmm. IBLP, the the cult that the Duggars are a part of, um, is certainly, um, it's very sex aware. So like fundamentalist groups like this are extremely um, uh, purity obsessed, right? So like it's very like um, you have sex before marriage like it, that's not even a question if you did that then like that's it that's straight to hell Bef- before even that it's like an impure thought is straight to hell you don't touch yourself you don't do this and you know what they repeat all the time you don't touch your sisters don't think of your sisters as sexual just don't Which... do it and it's like hmm why do you keep bringing it up 
Constantly you know, in our manuscripts. I, um. <laughs> I've got a question. Yeah. I am an only child, as has been pointed out many times on this show. Do most people need to be told not to sexualize their siblings? No. Um, what you he- no. what you hear is don't touch your brother again, and it's because you've been fucking slapping him for three hours. Right. <laughs> it's it's not something certainly. I, I, not. You know, I thought Pornhub was like leading me astray with this one. I'm glad to hear no. that it is in fact not zero, normal because that zero times before I became an adult who had to listen to other people say things to me did it occur to me that my brothers were sexual <laughs> beings. Yeah, absolutely not. And um, but they pull cute girls, so I'm like, I guess I know. And then your friends are like, your brother's cute, and you're like, I don't know if we're friends anymore. No, mine is mine are cute. Um. Yeah, so... Tina it, recognizes the genes are the same. Yeah, like in, in a d- please date them kind of way. They're both single. Come on, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> this ad is dated June 20th. <laughs> 620. Um, I was talking about sex cults like Nexium. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, you are here in this cult to have sex with me. Well, in generally speaking, cults serve the desires of the cult leader. And most people that get into that line of work do so because they want to have sex with a lot of people and they don't want to have any restraints therein. Uh, Man, you could just fuck a lot of people and be a normal person about it also. (laughs) Like you could just fuck whoever you want to. It doesn't have to be a cult, my dude. Um, And then also because of systems like this with strict, like rigid uh, hierarchies, it always fosters abuse, right? Because people that want to be able to be abusive will seek out things that give them that level of It's like of shelter for them. Right. They're like, let me just nest up here where nobody's really looking. Right, exactly. Fuck that. Okay, so fuck the, <laughs> fuck Voldemort and his Death Eater cult. Even the name, it's like, invent a cult name out of nowhere. You're like, I don't know, the Death Death Eaters. Dude, I saw them in 85. <laughs> they opened for Springsteen. They're great. <laughs> okay, so the next one on the list is, is Hogwarts a cult? I mean, I guess in the sense that, like, British boarding private schools are cults, right? Like, I'm going to say Hogwarts and the extended Hogwarts universe that includes Friends of Dumbledore and Hogsmeade Village. (laughs) Okay. um, Friends of Dumbledore, I would almost say, are a cult, right? Because Dumbledore's army. I mean, he always is, like, bringing people in. Like, like I'm I'm talking about, like, in Goblet of Fire, Bobatons and... uh, Durmstrang, like he's out here making friends. I, I so would like, say the and, Order and, of the Phoenix has cultish elements. Okay. Because, I mean, seriously, if you think about it, they all believe that Dumbledore is the leader who has the ability to beat Voldemort. Yeah. They're not trusting the government. Instead, they're trusting him. He's this all-powerful figure that they all agree with all the time yeah. and do whatever he says. Like, because this, and this, this is what's important to point out, is that not, even if it is a honest-to-God true cult, it still is not inherently negative, right? If you are following someone who wants nothing but the best for you, yeah. that can work out very well. Yeah, be in Minerva McGonagall's cult. Like, you'll be okay. Molly Weasley would be the greatest <laughs> cult leader the world's yeah. ever seen. It would be fantastic. You Neither would have your homework would done, do your room it, would be clean, is... and you'd have great self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there there can be positive cults, and... But on the flip side, Dumbledore's not all positive. He has a right. lot of control, and it's up for debate if he uses it well. Well, or and then, like, you know, in in Order of the Phoenix, like, uh, he, no one really knows, no one in the Order really knows what the fuck the plan is and what's going on. Like, no one really knows. And yeah. it's just, 
Dumbledore knows best, you know? Okay, let's do this. Yeah. What are some differences between Dumbledore and the Order of the Phoenix and Voldemort and the Death Eaters? What are some differences? Wow. Individual control on life. Dumbledore is (sighs) not going to tell you who you can love. Dumbledore is not going to tell you where you can go, what you can do. Dumbledore is not going to try and prevent you from getting a job. Voldemort will do all of that and more. The, The... desire for the individual or the control of the individual. I don't know. Slughorn said no to coming back to Hogwarts like six times and Dumbledore Mm -hmm. just kept pestering him. And that is not a no means no stance on that. That's true. But it's also not putting an imperious curse on him and making him come back. Right. Yeah. Right about that. So I think it's like not performing the unforgivable curses, not intentionally harming innocence. Like it, you're, you're absolutely right, and I, it's a good parallel to draw with like no means no. But there's also something to be said for, in this situation with this high of stakes and what the reality of the situation was, I kind of think he was right to do what he did. All I, right. I, well, we can talk about we can talk that about that later, but um, yeah, because he still gave him the choice, right? Like if the term had started and he wasn't there, he wasn't there. Yeah. I think the most damning thing about Dumbledore and the Order of the Phoenix is, and I think we mentioned this already, just like how many times it's like, I don't know, Dumbledore said, well, we can't because Dumbledore said, like Dumbledore said, Dumbledore said, Mm -hmm. nobody's really questioning that authority ever until after he dies. And it's like all of the adults that are responsible for us are teaching all of the kids that this guy's it's it's like almost like grandpa. It's yeah. Like, no, dude, he's racist. Well, it's like, <laughs> like we can't keep letting him do well, this. There's gotta be, a, there's gotta be some kind of checks and balances system aside because what do we have? People who question Dumbledore are like fudge, right? Who are just like, not, not just own. questioning <laughs> him. They're like, I'm going to use him as like a scapegoat for my own, like thing you know or like (laughs) Voldemort (laughs) who's like um even he is like I hate him because he's the coolest most badass wizard that ever existed (laughs) and it's like make out but well and (laughs) I would even go as far as say that if you really want to think about it Dumbledore's army is a cult of Harry Potter oh yeah because this Mm, is all I don't know I think that Harry Potter is an item (laughs) in the greater (laughs) scheme of things and not an agent. Well, here's the thing. He doesn't want to be the cult leader, but everyone wants to be in his cult. They want to follow him. They want to trust him. They want him to be the one that tells so them how I, to I, do things. That, I think that falls under the cult of celebrity a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Everyone just knows who he is and he did this cool thing. And it's like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. I would well, agree and they're all scared. That. They're all scared because of the war that's coming up. Yeah. They're not getting the education. He is the pathway we to need something. a hero well, exactly he, he's the, he's the figurehead who can get them what they need which oftentimes is what leads to you know it's a cult of personality for a reason yeah right? like and then i mean not to go there but like the cult of personality that's the cult that got people like ronald reagan and donald trump elected you know because uh, they are not neither of them were qualified in any way shape or form as we know to lead a nation but it's like but we like them. It's like you could have a beer with them. Like, they're so cool, which is, like, still so crazy to me because I'm like, they're both not the opposite of cool in every way. Yeah. You actually can't have a beer with Trump. He's a teetotaler when it comes to alcohol. Weird. What is that? Like, what he's anti? What does teetotaler mean? He doesn't drink. 
Is that real? That's absolutely real. That actually makes me sad because that means that he, without alcohol, is still this much of a jackass. <laughs> He's dead yeah. sober right he now. <laughs> he doesn't drink and he owned a... Fu- well, no, he's not dead sober because he's one of those people who, if he gets prescribed it, he doesn't uh, think it's a fucking thing. Sure. But, um, no, he he is fu- he doesn't drink, but he used to own a winery. I mean, I get it. It helps you uh, never get high from your own supply. <laughs> <laughs> is the Ministry of Magic a cult? It's a cult of personality around fudge. Yeah, is it even, or yeah. is it just like a loose bureaucracy where no one likes each other? Because I don't know if he has a cult. Well, the way no. think about it's the way that umbrage. like Umbridge follows him. Just, I think it. What if it's just Percy? Umbridge? <laughs> Percy also follows okay, him. Umbridge that way. and Percy. I, umbridge and Percy. That's his whole team. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, we we also don't meet, but Acronauts. so many people that actually work at the at the ministry. But what if? Come on, it would be funny. What if that was it? It was just a cult of two people. he actually didn't have any power the whole time. One incredibly (laughs) competent but evil person and one highly incompetent good boy that's just misled. (laughs) That's how Fudge got here in the first place. Um, Okay, cool. Any (laughs) Any more notes about the Ministry of Magic? I think that systems inherently are cultish. School systems, like corporate structures Mm -hmm. companies is Mm -hmm. what they are like government they just like have to be structured like a cult because that's just like how hierarchical leadership works and i guess there are other ways to do leadership but america really does it hierarchically sure i would say like another thing for hogwarts in general that leads just like the schooling system it more towards culty would be like the lack of compassion it tends to have or like thought it tends to have for its students it's very young students like health like mental health in general or well-being right because like yeah it does put them through a bunch of shit yeah and it's like if you can't handle this that's on yeah you. then they're just weak sauce like be your weak sauce <laughs> be stronger english child do better yeah well like, i guess for example at hogwarts People, the students would actively probably support Dumbledore in a lot of endeavors and a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact my principal, Dr. David Myers, got no support from any student that went to my high school. No one thought he was cool. No one thought he was great. No one really liked him at all. There was none of it, right? And so it is possible for there to be these things without any sort of like respect or admiration of the leader. Mm hmm. I think that might be like what separates a cult from like a like just a regular system is like, do we put them on a pedestal there as the do the people who are in it put them there or does someone else put them there? Right. Well, as with anything that's a spectrum, we're working at the disadvantage of not having incredibly specified dedicated language. Right. Like, I think, for example, I think that, like, a teacher at school is, like, that's not a cult. That's not a cult leader. You have to go to school and the school board hires them. Mm-hmm. But everyone's favorite teacher at school, I think that's a cult because they pick him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it's also, like I said, I think that we that our language needs better, more specified words for this particular type of stuff because... Like I said, there there are things that technically, I guess, are cults like that, but I don't think they have any business being in the same conversation, right? Like, it, it's a very different thing to have, like, support and admiration for someone that doesn't inherently have the same connotations as a cult. 
like a, a dark, you know, destructive cult. Well, I think that goes back to like good cults, bad cults. Right. Can be good. And also the cult gradient where it's like sometimes good cults are not even very culty. Is Quidditch a cult? I mean, every sport is. Yeah. There's no sports that aren't a cult. Um, Anything that, that's an active fandom like that is going to have elements of cultish behavior. Anything that has, like, a participatory fandom where you're expected to, like, go and do things up. for them and yeah. know things about them and fight for them when they're not there. All that type of shit. The, like, the crossovers between K-pop and sports, right? Like, that level mm. of, like, fandom is inherently cultish. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it happens in any sort of sports anything. You know, if you go to your local fucking roller rink, there's probably some cult of personality behind someone there that four people really like. It's not big, it's not powerful, but it's there. Do you ever wonder if it's, like, because we're seeing the narrative through the story completely through Harry's lens? Are there, like, other activities that are really popular at Hogwarts that Harry just doesn't care to know about that we just don't, we don't see? Yeah, there's, like, a couple clubs that they mention, but we don't see them at all, so we have no idea how popular they are. Well, I was saying, I would think, I guess I was saying that just because it's, like, yeah, Quidditch is, like, a total cult at, at Hogwarts, like, a mini subset, subset cult, but, like, it almost feels like that's because what the fuck else is there to do? Good point. Yeah. Well, until you get to fifth year, and then you gotta study for your owls. <laughs> Womp, So let's move on to talk about cults in our world, the non-magical world that we all live in. Getting more well, non-magical I, every day. I don't want to go back to that world. So do you guys think fandom in general is a cult? The way that like fandom, when you go to like a generic con, like yeah. that's fandom right there. Like yeah. is fandom a cult? Sure. Like, certainly. I think, yeah, I think fandom inherently involves traits that cults will always have, right? The things like supporting them and like, uh, like the things we were just talking about, they will inherently have those behaviors because once again, like positive cults, that style of support is, is very pleasing for, for the fans. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you get something out of it by being a fan and getting to have those interactions with each other where you share your knowledge that you both know and don't you both know it well. Right. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think that like fandom in general definitely has like the language thing down the Mm -hmm. way that they have terms that you wouldn't know out of that context, like shipping. Mm -hmm. I've had so many people ask me what does shipping mean? And I'm like, oh, I guess you're not a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Fucking normie gross. <laughs> or like, I mean, D&D terminology, how that kind of like uh, seeps into a lot of other fandoms and like nerdy fandoms. That's a great point. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And if you're not in that cult, then I'm, you're just like, what the fuck is Dude, everyone talking about? Before Stranger Things, people did not talk about rolling nat 20s <laughs> and nat 1s in day-to-day life about like real world stuff. That I've like watched that happen 
I think be- it started because of Stranger Things, and then it kept going because we're all fucking nerds. And now the exclamation point is the dope D&D movie that just dropped. Oh, <laughs> some of us were using that terminology before Stranger Things came out. Not just, like, out in the world, though, because nobody would know what you're talking about. But it's like, now we do that, and, like, people just yeah, know Yeah, you you're would, like, you know, about. keep it behind closed doors. Don't, like, yeah, nerd out <laughs> You're in a public. fucking nerd. You can't just tell the football captain <laughs> that he rolled a nat 20 in the last game. Well, but, like, oh, well, here's the fun thing. That's though. so cute. Here's the fun thing, though, is that if someone did say that to you, you just wouldn't recognize it, right? Like, that's part of what makes group speak, like, so powerful yeah. is that you can hear that conversation and you don't have the knowledge to know what it's saying. So you might have been yeah. hearing it all the time and just never have known what you were hearing. You weren't. Like, I'm, I, you, you are correct. I'm not saying you're, that, that you're wrong. But, like, in theory, you know, you would only recognize no, it I once you playing. know about it. I started playing D&D like a decade ago and the first five of those years, nobody in the world besides me was playing D&D. And then <laughs> the next five years, it's like, oh, I was wrong. Everyone in the world plays D&D. It's experiencing a quiet or a resurgence. Right Revival. Now, which I think is great because it's like construct constructive, like imaginative play for grownups. Like, I love it. Yeah. It's trick your friends into learning math. Yeah. No, no it is. I have a calculator. That is what it is. I was there. <laughs> Um, I think, but I think, I was just going to say, I think that, um, fandoms like offer a lot of positive qualities to a lot of groups that feel really othered, you know, um, and really feel like this, like urge to have a sense of belonging. I think that's why we're all a part of every quote unquote cult that we're, we've joined is because we love that sense of community and belonging and to be able to like share the niche information we know with other people who share the same type of ideas, but right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be the positive outcome yes. <laughs> of, of that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I think for any cult, right? Like, I mean, not any cult, but like, I think most cults that people join, they don't join with the intention of like, you know what? <laughs> I want to really hurt myself mentally and physically. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to exactly. get myself fucked. Yeah. How do I do that? <laughs> they, they join cause they're like, finally I'm going to belong. So yeah. Absolutely. Loneliness is one of the most potent pains that a human can feel. I I think a lot of really lonely people do find solace in fandom. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can remember when Marvel, when Iron Man one first came out, I knew a lot of the stories and stuff because I was fascinated by, I didn't read the actual comic books, but I would read like the books about the comic books that would like explain all the shit. Right. And so when this started coming out, I remember how all of a sudden it was like this weird feeling of like all these people, they want to know the knowledge that I have. I'm a commodity. I can tell them these things and explain it to them. And it was weird how something that had been ostracizing before all of a sudden became something that enabled me to like have that sense of connection. Right. Mm -hmm. And before they started getting popular going to things like comic cons where you could meet other people that had this thing that they enjoyed that was largely put down on. It was an incredible experience. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. Uh, when I, when I go to like EDM shows, I'm like, all of you guys understand me so purely in this moment, you know, like we're all here for the music. Well, and Tina, you've been going to those shows because I've been going to them with you long enough that, like, we've seen that evolution where that has become, like, fairly mainstream now, right? To go and, mm, like... But ele- not... 
they're and that and they're not good anymore. <laughs> See, but that's the thing when it becomes a like a you when you lose the the selectivity of the experience, the uniqueness of the knowledge, right? It when that becomes normal, it's not fun. It, it loses the element. That's part of what makes the cult response positive is like or to the individual at least is that feeling of belonging that you get. Yeah. Honestly, I've been thinking about. I'm going to get corny, our sweet little day six media community of really, really shy, <laughs> brilliant nerds who I think that it like I think fandom like provides socially awkward people a foundation. It's like, have you seen mm-hmm. the new Spider-Man movie? I have also. And now we can talk about the new Spider-Man movie and that makes it easier for us to connect as friends. Yeah. And I think that you keep like building these little, these little (laughs) houses of your friendship with these little like blocks of shared context, you know, especially with like online friends that you don't see in real life. It's like, what do we talk about? I don't, (laughs) I don't know where to begin. It's like, let's begin with SpongeBob jokes. And it's like, okay, (laughs) what are your opinions on Stephen Moffat? Go. Well then, and then I think from there, like from like, Bob's Burgers and Spongebob jokes, it it turns into like, wow, you seem like a nice person and I care about you. Like, are you, how are you doing? <laughs> like, how was your day? Like, and then we end up congr- genuinely congratulating each other's uh, successes and, and, and kind of like virtually holding each other through the challenges. It's really a spectacular special thing that I think is fairly new, right? Like fandoms, online fandoms like this, I don't think existed. Certainly not for me when I was coming of age. I didn't really understand. They were being born when we were coming yeah. of age. And I was not allowed to use the internet. Certainly not, no. <laughs> yeah, because there are like classic examples like Star Trek, for example, had a very large, as you can imagine, had a very large online presence for the time back in like the early 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So like... There were definitely communities that pioneered that, and but we are seeing the uh, the mass creation of this and mass like implementation of this now, which is very mm-hmm. unique for sure. I would say like a negative um, or too intense aspect that can happen sometimes with fandoms that makes them a bit culty would be like for example like Taylor Swift's Swifties, um, which like I enjoyed a lot of Taylor Swift's music and I don't have anything against her, but her people that are her big true fans, um, they don't want to hear anything negative. They, Mm -hmm. they will shut you down. Like even if I had a friend who's like, I went to a record listening of her new album and I thought it was just okay. And like by the end of the 30 or so comments, she was like, I changed my mind. And I'm like, I mean, no shit, man. You just got like bullied (laughs) into like, that's music. It's music. It's something you can choose whether you like it or how much you like it or not. Then they also went on and like got an entire show canceled because they made a joke about like, wow, she's dated more guys than Taylor Swift, which is like not even, even very funny or original joke. You know, it's not really particularly cutting is what I'm saying. But then Taylor Swift went on and was like, pretty much like, get them, like sicked her people on them. Mm -hmm. And then that Netflix show got completely canceled. 
So like, yeah. you, there's there's definitely power in a negative way sometimes. The Swifties also are like gatekeepy because it costs so much to go to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gotten really bad to the point that it's like I don't really. We don't want to make it a, like a classist thing, but then it's like you're making it, it a classist yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was a lot of my fellow K-pop fans that were the ones that filled out all those fake submissions that Trump's uh, big like rally. Remember when he had the rally that had like all the shit set up outside, and it was supposed to be this giant thing, and then it turned out that like they couldn't even fill up the inside arena, so they had to like quickly take down all the outside scaffolding and shit. <laughs> it's a great it's a fucking hysterical moment yeah that's wonderful but Is, at the same time oh. i dare you to go onto any bts video black pink video mm-hmm. twice video mm-hmm. and say that it don't even say it's bad just say eh, not for me it was okay make that comment you will be flooded with new friends who want to change your mind so quickly but if it's not for you, like, just don't say anything. <laughs> Come on, like, why are you doing this? Yeah, I guess you're right about that. I don't know. That's internet. Internet culture in general is, like, a whole nother conversation we can have, really. Dude, it's like a third part of your brain. Yeah. And by third, I mean second. Hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, what's I the guess, second? No, no, no. <laughs> Left no, no, no. and right. No, no, no. I was right. It's, like, a third part of your life. You have, like, your brain, and then you have the outside world, and, like, technology is, like, somewhere in between that. You yeah. Know? You know it's what like I mean? you have the fifth sense. Have you yeah, guys yeah, ever exactly. wondered? Have you guys ever wondered what? if any of your friends are, like, horrible fucking internet trolls? Oh, my God. No. I, that's literally never occurred to me. Like, what if, like, you have someone who's, like, a great friend, and it turns Who out they're just that? the worst fucking You person. would do it. You're not on social media. We I have a fake account where you go troll people. Tina, I I have a YouTube account. Do you know how many times I've typed out a comment and like deleted it before posting it because I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want people to be mad at me Aww. if they don't like this. <laughs> That's nice. Please don't. I'm I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. Yeah, I think our friend, no, I don't. Our friend group, I think in general, cares a bit too much about what people think about us. We're tender, <laughs> yeah, tender, no. squishy no. folk. People. Yeah. Um, we don't want other people to feel sad. Jason can go on a tirade, though. He's one of those people that, like, if he decides that, like, you're wrong, and, like... If the principle of the if thing, If the Bob, principle is wrong, like, Sean gets he the won't same way. be flexible on that for the rest of his life. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy being dead to him. You have to respect yeah. it. You have to respect it. A little it. bit. Is Harry Potter fandom a cult? Well, what... Uh, I was to say, what I know about Harry Potter fandom is very positive, right? Because what I'm exposed to is our wonderful Discord. Um, our community. Our, our community of, you know, not fans good, of Not a good us. sample. Yeah, really. Not a good sample of <laughs> all of the Harry Potter fans. Certainly. Well, I think that it is interesting that if you do consider it a cult, it's a cult that we are witnessing a large number of the members turning against the leader. Mm. That's true. And... Like, very aggressively so. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like, definitely should be that way. But, like, aggressively turning against the leader, which does not happen often. You know? I mean, look at fucking Andrew Tate. He's being indicted. He's going to be in jail forever and ever. He is still going to slowly lose his followers. It's going to take a long time. Even though he's completely guilty of these heinous things, right? So it's crazy how 
this community was so united in the belief of like LGBTQ importance that they still to, you know, to their leader that they loved for years, their childhood was brought joy by them. They turned on and were like, nah, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> and I, I almost dick. think that that's why it could have never happened without the idea of fandom being established and with such a strong fandom already being there. This is Harry Potter is an example of where the fandom completely broke free of the source, not the source material. We're still fucking reading the books, but like, <laughs> well, we will never break free, Leela. Mark my words. <laughs> but broke three free of the the leader, you know, like and and the best way that they could. And I mean, I think we all know, and I think we've all probably beat this dead horse as much as we can. But like, I think what was particularly devastating um, with uh, Joanne's allegations were just the fact that she really did isolate such a huge portion of her fandom, like. For lots of reasons that we've talked about, that we'll continue to talk about, Harry Potter really reaches and uh, genuinely touches, like, a lot of people who feel othered, and a lot of people who feel othered are the LGBTQ community. And, of course, her books aren't overtly gay. She doesn't mention anything about it, except when it's after the fact, and she's like, just kidding, being gay is cool, and Dumbledore's gay. Dude, listen, this is... um. Oh, hold on <laughs> one of these fucking items i was like that's jk rowling members regard the leader's beliefs and practices as truth and law the leader affirms and enforces this idea when she made pottermore and was like i get to add more without having done the work in the books like this character is gay we all were like okay guys we went along with wizards would poop in a corner Okay, cool. We went along with that and we're like, (laughs) weird, but fine. Didn't need that. Didn't want that detail, but we'll go with it. Like, and I let's not forget how weird she made it before she fucked. And it wasn't (laughs) even something to do with the book. Oh, never mind. I just I think fandoms have a lot of capacity to be extremely compassionate and forgiving to their leaders. Right. We love our leaders, typically. We're so happy that they created this amazing material that's meant so much to us and and brought us so many friends. But I'm really proud of the fandom for recognizing when something is wrong and there's no more excuses that you can make for it, you know? I, yeah. I, I Unfortunately, sure. it's not all like that. Like, I, I, I have friends and people that... Um, I work with that work for me um, that have like um, new Harry Potter tattoos. Like they're still getting them. Um, yeah. That, I've met. One yeah. Of those and not, recently. I think worse than that is more like what, that they don't know. They don't know. They don't care to know. They don't yeah. want to get into it. A lot of people have no idea, which is wild to me. I'm getting my Harry Potter tattoo hopefully removed. Is that like a carbon offset situation? <laughs> oh. So one of your friends who's uninformed can go and get a Harry Potter tattoo <laughs> because you're lasering yours off. The balance can remain in, in uh, yeah, exactly. equilibrium. <laughs> well, and honestly, that, that's I'm not just bringing it up because it's K-pop, but that's another area where K-pop is actually very unique in my mind is that they will fucking turn on their artists. Wow. It is wild. Uh, Held to a high caliber yeah, well, I mean, they earned right. the title idol for a reason in mm. these people's eyes. Like, they, they, there have been people who have been kicked out of groups for like, 
bullying scandals from when they were in middle school coming out. So, mm-hmm. like, they're somewhat credibly accused of being a bully in middle school when they're, like, 20 and have debuted for three years and they'll get kicked out of their group. Picture James Potter getting kicked out of Harry Potter. Because... Yeah. <laughs> James could not be in a boy group, at least getting... not in Korea. His ass would be just thrown to the curb. <laughs> to phrase it like he's getting kicked out of the novelization of his son's life. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, the, he's getting kicked out of the group, the Marauders. They uh, they can't have him anymore. The bullying allegations have just become too strong. So I kind of feel like there's two cults now. I feel like there's the J.K. Rowling cult and there's the Daniel Radcliffe wrote Harry Potter cult. <laughs> which I, I like changing the record so that it states that uh, those are the books by, J- by, uh, by Daniel Radcliffe. That, I'd be Danny down boy. for that. Danny boy. Yeah, I think that the J.K. Rowling cult is cultier than ever and I think that the rogue cult has a healthy diversity of like leadership and values. Well, it do you really think that that many of the people that are supporting her are actually Harry Potter fans? Or do you think that they're turfs that are donning the mask to show support? I think a lot of people genuinely fucking love Harry yes. Potter. And that's something I will respect about a person. Mm-hmm. I respect that you read this and you're like, this is great. I totally respect that opinion. I agree. I think Harry Potter is an institution at this point. It's like... A loving institution, right? Like people think of Harry Potter and they feel comforted. I, I've heard people, even in my like fun chat group at work, we were talking about like what movies are so quotable that you would like your siblings used to like scream at each other all the time or like whatever. And we're like Napoleon Dynamite, Shrek, and and someone's like like Harry Potter, like, and it's like it's just so ingrained into. Oh my god, I'm gonna use the Z word again, but like the zeitgeist of the zeitgeist. <laughs> Of our social culture, you know? And um, so I think there's a lot of people who are not willing, almost like those Swifties who take it too far, right? Like, it's people who are not willing to admit that there's anything wrong with something that they love so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's also, like, everyone has something that they're willing to separate the art from the artist for, right? Right, you guys could see my screen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I would be willing to bet that every person has something that they enjoy and they support that has very, very negative sides to it, you know, or like an artist that they like that has t- a terrible aspect to them. Dude, I started reading a book like today and I was like, good book. And Mary Clay's like, ah, uh, problematic author, though. And I was like, damn, damn it, I'm on page like two. Why is it like this? Well, Fuck. Like, the simple example is if you like classic rock at all, you like horribly problematic artists. One of my my favorite musicians is Eric Clapton. It sucks. Ooh, yeah. It's it's not a good time. I like Led Zeppelin, (laughs) Tina. They kidnapped a 14-year-old. It's like, bad. Yeah, it's, it's not bad okay. Out there. But a lot of those people are dead now, so it feels better. You're <laughs> so like, you're hey. like, it's okay. Eric Clapton's not. He's still out here doing damage. If Woody Allen can just go ahead and fucking die already so I can go back to liking certain ones of his movies. Is the restricted section a cult? Yes, and I'm happy to be a member of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's like the happy, happiest, healthiest cult I've ever been a part of, says one of the cult leaders. One charismatic leader <laughs> <laughs> is the group's sole authority on okay, truth. Okay, no, but I, I mean, you know, Actually. I mean, that's you, Tina, you know. 
So, <laughs> Tina's our leader, and then I think that Tina is not a dictator, and I don't think that's the type of energy Questioning here. doubt and dissent are discouraged or punished. I mean, like, when you're like, shut up, bitch. I mean, mots can be mean as shit if you get a question wrong. I'm just saying. So <laughs> Haley can be mean when you get a question wrong. Fucking Brooke can be Brooke mean. Brooke is just mean. Brooke is just mean. <laughs> Jokes about the leader are taken very seriously. Okay, no. Oh, I'm going to start making jokes about you, Tina. <laughs> See if I can get the audience to turn on me. Do we not joke? And then are the no? It, you got to joke on yourself before anyone else. Can oh, <laughs> you have to joke on yourself before you can joke on others. That's what that's what mom always used to say. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it is culty. I think also the fact that I brought other podcasts on to serve <laughs> to serve cut it right there unpaid the uh, volunteer time. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Uh, you know, they're doing their own things, but it's like, you know, I'm the <laughs> boss. <laughs> I would say, yeah. like, there's a lot of things missing that would make it a cult, though. You know, if we're being serious, there's no exit fees. Anyone is free to leave, come and go anytime they want. There are entry fees, though. The exit fee is the cost of my friendship, and that's really steep. Okay. That is a pretty steep price. Not every person has to have sex with Tina. Like there are certain uh, I don't things know. that most of us have it's optional at this point. It's it's completely optional. <laughs> is it Tina? Is it Tina? <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, Let's give them something to talk about. No, I think if it's if we're if this is a cult, this is the probably like wor- least like worst case. No, oh my god, best case scenario of. I feel that. like it. It's like I feel like it. Kids playing on a playground pretending that they're a cult is like what we are. You are a cult that's in the vein of Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross. That is what you are. Oh my God. I saw this video. It was probably a TikTok. And this guy was taking, he was doing the Mr. Rogers song, but he was dressed, you know, like a modern gentleman. (laughs) And he took off his, like, shoes, put on slippers or whatever, and then he lit his little joint, and then he blew out the smoke, and I was like, ah, so relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I will be your neighbor. the pleasantest video I've ever seen. Yeah. Cool. Any more, like, cult tea notes? Let's do um, Harry Potter... Uh, wait, what is it? uh, Is this this cult? Waka waka! Is this cult a live your own life? A watch your back watch or a back. get the fuck out. Yes. Live your life. Watch back. Get the fuck out. Andrew, what do you think? I don't want to go first. Someone else go. Okay. Um, I think live your life. If you want to like Harry Potter, go ahead. I think it's a watch your back. Just don't spend money on it. Say, so, yeah, I think it's a watch your back for that reason. Because I think if you is saying it's a live your life is like saying it's like pretty much unproblematic. And I think that you just okay. need to be a little bit more. I wish there was another term than stay woke, but like. Just like to be discerning. Yeah, be a little more discerning. Don't just blindly trust the material that she okay. puts out. Yeah, I guess that. I guess we are watching our backs by doing this whole yeah. podcast, reading it slowly, being like, and what about this? Completely. I, I think that. If you're going to take on a critical reading of it, you should watch your back because it's very, <laughs> you need to like be cognizant of what you're reading. I think for most people that read it, though, it, it's 
a very young read. It's a very quick read. You don't think too hard about how messed up some of the things are. And honestly, I don't think you're going to absorb most of it, right? Like, it, it's not the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you? Well, I mean, that, uh, if I, honestly, I think this podcast is kind of a testament to that, right? The fact that we're finding all this shit that is fucking with us now. Now, part of it is that at the time it wasn't as widely recognized, but part of it too is that ability to recognize what we're seeing. It's not like any of us turned into racists because, you know, I none of us became anti-Semites because we read a very fucked up depiction of a goblin, right? Like, I, I don't think there were many people who had that transition. I don't think it had that effect, but... Mm. I, I think that, like, if you're going to read it critically, you need to recognize what's there. Yeah, I would agree, because yeah. I think I, I do forget sometimes when I'm, you know, uh, complaining about this series to, you know, poor, unsuspecting friends outside of this group that they'll be like, but I like Harry Potter. It's fun. And I'm like, no, here's 10 reasons why it's terrible. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's OK. Like, people can just casually like things. I, I understand your point. For sure. Well, it's like, it's like it, the way that I have come to not say whatever I want to say whenever I hear you all talk about, like, uh, astrology, right? I let you, I don't yuck your yum. If you want to enjoy it, go ahead, talk, you know, do your thing. I have my opinions on it. I don't, you know, I have no need to bring it up, right? Yeah. Is this like, mm-hmm. at work, I got a comment that my boss said um, to maybe just keep my anarchist ideologies a little more in my head uh, i guess like during meetings i shouldn't say like corporate culture is toxic and like stuff like that <laughs> i mean in all fairness if you want to progress in a corporate environment it's probably not good to mock a corporate environment. but i guess but... i just like i think i can change them you know what i mean like <laughs> oh no you can't you can no, you, you can't, can't change him and you can't change them can't. no you can't i know that now i realize that now it's too late but i do realize that now <laughs> Well, that's got to be it, right? Yeah. I I think we have covered that very thoroughly. Any last words? Hey, what's like a fun, like a dorky white people way that we say like, and and that's a wrap. You go first. Mm. Uh, 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 Potheads out. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's rock and roll. I, I oh. now I just can't think of anything but that's a wrap. I, I I didn't I didn't go. And that's like, how the cookie crumbles. Enough. To infinity and beyond. Hmm. Got to think of anything better than that. Um. I walk a lonely road, the only one I've ever known. <laughs> I just want to say thanks to our fans, even though we might have heavily implied that we're all in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Doing they already doing knew it. it. They're, they signed up paid for the entry fees on purpose. <laughs> they, there are. Wait, Lilo, you were trying to say that earlier, yeah. but we didn't. We didn't circle back to it. But there are entry fees to this. <laughs> I was talking shit about somebody else for paywalling anything. <laughs> but in this paywalled episode, that's very funny. Yeah, I'm very funny. But- As I said before, we love all of our fans, yeah. but we love our patrons more at all than all of our fans. Yeah, and it's okay for us to say that because only the patrons will hear this, probably. Exactly. <laughs> no, eventually this does get dropped on the main oh. feed. Eventually. Well, you know, 2023 Lila, Andrew, and Tina, <laughs> we didn't know things, so. 
I stand, I still stand by what I said. I will hold down. If you give us money, I like you more than people that don't give us money. That's just the capitalist side of me. I can't do a super. I take it back. Yeah. Everything back. Money can buy my love. Yes, <laughs> and it's cheap too. It's not expensive. Just, it's not. All, it's not like one hundred percent. It's just a little bit of extra love. Flattery plus it's, it's, money will get you everywhere. It's the extra. It's the extra like cherry on top. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I am friends with all our patrons, though, mm-hmm. which is a per- a, be- a perk for me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. The end of the episode's got to be somewhere in there. That somewhere. Really it's long a long rant. Maybe cut. I'll just fade out. <laughs> just slowly fade out as we're going and talking about <laughs> Thank you so much for being a patron of the Restricted Section. It's because of you that these bonus episodes even exist. Our theme music was written and performed by Ryan Kahn and remixed by Zenit Music Studio. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. If you're listening to this episode, the odds are good that you're already connected to us online, but if you're not, come find us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I think that's it. Thanks for supporting the Restricted section. All right, rate yourself. Are you a live your own life? Oh, watch your back or get the fuck out. I think I am a watch my back. I need to, you know, work on myself a little bit more. And uh, I think I'm a live your life. I'm a very good and supportive. Yeah, I would agree with that. So enter enter my cult. (laughs) Okay. It's great. I'm already there. Let's do it. I think I'm a watch your back if you don't know how to handle your liquor or drugs. Because I will unintentionally draw you into deep waters. Liquor, drugs, and hugs. No, that's not true. You just have to be strong like Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but she doesn't partake, right? Like, I'm I'm saying specifically, if you, like, want to try but, like, aren't experienced, I could inadvertently. Or if people don't like hugs, pretty much stay away from all of us, honestly. Yeah, we're the wrong group. (laughs) Wrong group. (laughs) Dave X Media